Do you feel like your marketing strategies are missing something? That cohesive puzzle piece that brings everything together? A solid brand strategy is the answer to your struggles. In this episode, we'll talk through how to create a brand strategy that will synthesize your marketing efforts and help turn strangers into raving fans. Are you a startup founder or CMO trying to grow your brand? There's good news. You're not the first. Our growth team is committed to learning and earning the skills and strategies high growth companies have used to build their businesses. And now we're sharing them with you. Welcome to Growth Team Radio. Welcome to Growth Team Radio. I'm your host, Mallory Kuhn, growth marketer at Lean Labs. Today, we're going to be talking with Chris Dubois, our senior growth consultant, about how to build a brand strategy. So hi there, Chris. How are you today? I am swell. How are you? Swell. Excellent. Are you excited to talk brand strategies? I am. This is a fun, fun topic. So yeah, I'm ready to get into it. Yeah. Excellent. Well, let's start with the basics. Um, what is a brand strategy? What is included in it? So like what's part of a brand strategy? What is not part of a brand strategy? Yeah. Where's the line? Yeah. So it's probably easiest to say what is not part of your brand strategy, which are any of the tactics, any of the specific ways that you're going to, going to actually get after this. Don't worry about them. That's not strategy and tactics are separate, right? So right. when we're talking brand strategy, now it's everything that kind of outlines your your purpose, your values, uh, personality, positioning, everything that's going to guide your brand from start of a marketing campaign through finishing that one, moving on to your next one, through everything that you're going to do. It helps unify every different department within your company, right? It's not just marketing's tool. It's not sales also gets to use this to say, okay, this is how we're positioned. These are the, the certain words I should say to a prospect. This is how, uh, you know, we approach this problem. Your same thing for your support team. Like every team can now be unified because they understand. However, they're approaching the market. These, this is like our guiding kind of a uh, shell, like to get us there. Right. You're like framework that guides you to, to where you're trying to get. I think that's, mm -hmm. Uh, an important point that you make about uh, it isn't just marketing, right? It's it's all of the different parts of your organization. This should be kind of the um, the guiding light that connects everything together. Um, I love that. Uh, so I guess maybe we've kind of touched on it a little as a spoiler, <laughs> but uh, why is it so vital to have a brand strategy in place for your business? So if you don't have a cohesive brand strategy, mm -hmm. what's going to happen to you? Yeah, so everything's going to fall apart. Like an example that I've used um, here. So having a strong brand is super important, right? Because that brand, like it, it has connotations with it, right? It gets people thinking a certain way because it's your reputation. So if you have some unknown brand, right? Like nobody knows of you and someone hears your name, what actually happens in their head? Usually it's nothing because nothing's going on. But if you say like Nike, if you say, uh, you know, HubSpot, if you use any of these big brands that you have something to start thinking about because their branding is strong. They put it out everywhere. Um, it's also interesting because when you do like word of mouth referrals, this is why these are so strong. Cause even if you have that no name brand that nobody's heard of, but your friend says, Oh, they're good right now. That's the one thing you've heard. And it's from someone you trust. And so now you immediately pair their branding with good, uh, which right. I would say, don't, don't try leaning into the like good for a marketing approach, but uh, <laughs> it's a bit vague, <laughs> right? But it lets you, it lets you do that. So if you don't have just a brand strategy, 
right? You're not going to be able to build up that reputation because it's nothing's going to be coherent. You're just going to be shooting in different directions and, uh, and you're not going to be able to, to create this like streamlined, cohesive personality for what your brand is and what people can expect. Um, uh, it having it right. It gives you, it gives you alignment again through all the departments of your company, but also through your customers. So they know I am the type of person that can be helped by this brand. And so they can start self-referring them there or getting themselves out of it. Right. If they're, Hey, I'm not a good fit. Like it, you serve right. this, you know, enterprise level customers. We're not there yet. So I'm not going to focus on you. I'm going to go find someone else to help me. Um, so it really helps create like better experiences for everybody, which also then lends to helping your reputation because you won't get people who aren't a good fit coming in purchasing and then leaving terrible reviews when they weren't even a good fit to begin with. Right. Right. I love that. I think it, uh, you know, it can, it sounds like it's something you can do to help prevent yourself from falling into that trap of, you know, random acts of marketing. Um, taking a, is a metaphor that I, I like to use for a lot of different things, but you know, it, it lets you take more of a sniper rifle approach versus a shotgun approach, right? right. So you can kind of laser focus on your target market, draw in the people that are actually a good fit because they're going to understand what you're about, no matter what part of your brand they interact with first. Um, awesome. So we know what it is. We know why we need it. Now, what next, right? So how can we create a brand strategy? Real high level. I'm sure there's a lot of nitty gritty (laughs) that goes into it, but let's just start with the basics. What are some of the most important elements that you really need to keep in mind when you're creating your strategy? Sure. So let's start by acknowledging that working on your brand strategy will never be like a one and done. Hey, we're going to sit down for an hour in a meeting. We're going to have the team there. We're going to nail it. It's good to go. Like, no, it's going to take a long time to get this right. And at some point, you're going to have to come back to it just to make sure you are one, even if it doesn't change, then you need to at least look, how are we living up to this, you know, this culture that we want and not just like internal culture, but like what we're pushing out for, for right. a personality and everything. So um, high level, I would look at four kind of touch points. You want to make sure you got the purpose, uh, the positioning, personality, and then consistency. And so start with the purpose. What what impact does your company want to have on the world? It's important, right? It's not in B2B, that's generally not going to get you more customers. Just saying, right? No one bill in accounting, if he needs to buy a new software and it, it flops, when he has to defend himself, he's not going to come back and be like, well, they helped the rainforest, right? No, <laughs> Bill, you're fired. Right. (laughs) Bill's coming in and saying, can I get proof of results? And so what that positioning, though, or for the purpose, rather, like it's going to help you make sure that the team you're building, because you can attract team members through your purpose. So the team you're building is unified and that you guys are trying to to work together to um, have unity. Right. You're trying to push, move towards a common goal. Absolutely. It helps tie everything together, you know, to something I'm going to liken it to here because I can never help myself. Um, But, you know, I'm also a fiction writer, as as some of our regular listeners know. Uh, And it's kind of like when you're doing your pre-novel planning process, you're going to plan out character details and parts of the world that never make it onto the page. But it's still important to understand that because it helps align everything else. So I feel like it's kind of a similar argument here, even if it's not what's going to make the sale. Uh, you know, in in a way, it will contribute to it because it's part of that cohesive energy. 
Definitely. I love that. And so, right. So that's purpose. And then you move into positioning and this is with positioning. We're one getting super granular on like, who are we actually targeting here? Who is our, our perfect ideal audience? Cause you want to make sure, you know, you're talking to the right people because right. when you look at your positioning, it's, if your target audience changes, your positioning needs to change too. Like your, your positioning is for a certain person, right? You generally, so now we can get totally high level in like category creation and how we do that. Like just imagine taking two different things, putting them together. You have now created a new box for someone to put you in, in their head. And someone who like, just use the example of a box, right? If you are a postal worker, a box has one very clear image of like what it's to be used for and everything. If you're uh, a, a cat lady, right? It's something completely different. And so, so it's important to, you know, to remember that when you have your positioning, if your target market changes, you need to be able to shift that as well. Um, nail the positioning. What was the next one? Uh, your personality, you can bring out tons of personality within your brand. It, you don't have to be like everybody else and be like stuck up using the same, same words on your website, like level up, streamline, do the, <laughs> like there's every SaaS company uses the exact same, like, it's like they have a thesaurus and they just throw it out and they're like, let's go with these. Right. Um, and so you can bring new life or you could be super professional if you wanted to. Right. And not say, Hey, we're, we're not the type of people who like to, uh, like to joke around because we just want to get to business. Playtime is later. Yeah. Well, and it depends on what your solution is. Right. Cause if you're, mm -hmm. you know, selling, I don't know, the, some type of intense insurance or something you you might want to be a little more business oriented because you yeah. really need to inspire trust and things like that right yeah sorry your house burned down are yeah, you exactly right <laughs> like there's some situations in which that playful tone is just really not not right. gonna work um yeah that's yeah i love that um but yeah so you nail that nail that personality make sure the voice is good and then that's something that your entire company gets to use as well, right? Anything for this brand strategy is not just a marketing thing. Again, everyone gets to use it. So your sales team understands how they can approach stuff so that, yeah, they're not just joking around and misrepresenting uh, your brand. If you guys say, hey, no, we're the type of company who acts like this. Um, then finally, the uh, <coughs> consistency. If you, and this is where you're gonna have to come back multiple times, but it's making sure that all of our assets actually fit a common flow. Like we're not, we don't have one one asset that's just like, <laughs> explosions and rockets and all of this crazy stuff when everything else is very low key, you know, cause we're selling a <laughs> software. Um, and so, yeah, I would say those are, those are the four, like if you're just talking high level, that's where I would go. Excellent. Well, I feel like we've talked a lot about how your brand strategy needs to apply to everything. And that, you know, comes mm -hmm. back to that consistency, that cohesion that, that we've touched on a few times. Um, what are some examples of places that people can check, right? So you say, obviously, like, you know, your, your marketing stuff, your assets, we've talked about that a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, sales team, if they have, you know, cold calling scripts, things like that uh, might be good areas to check. What are some of the other areas that you might want to refer to um, to just make sure that everything is aligned how you want it? Yeah, so obviously the marketing assets, right? Like all of those, which... You said, so looking at your ads, looking at your blog posts, looking at your website, all the language you're using there, like, let's make sure that's good. Uh, everyone should be recording sales calls. Throwing it out there. A lot of companies don't do it. 
Don't know why. I think sales reps are uncomfortable knowing that someone is going to listen to that call. But <laughs> if you really want to get better at sales, record your calls. That's game tape footage. You get to go back, watch, learn how to get better. Now, you as a supervisor or something can actually listen to this as well and see, are we presenting ourselves correctly right from the sales rep? Because generally, if we've decided on something for our brand strategy, right, it's because we know it's going to work or we feel right. like it's going to work. We might not have the proof yet. But if one sales rep is not acting like everyone else in the company and they are tanking on all of their calls, we might be able to say, hey, you're just approaching this differently than how, how we show up. And so when someone's on our, our website, right, and they book a call and that experience they have, there's no congruence from that. And then going into a call with you where everything's tight, polished, and then you jump on a call and you got backwards ball cap on and you're, you know, like, I don't know, eating food in the middle of the sales call, like. It just it's a shift for them and you just hurt our, our trust because they don't have the predictability of what's happening in every at every point. Right. And predictability is huge when it comes to to building trust, right? If I know what to expect, I'm gonna trust you more. Exactly. So, um so yeah, really I mean it's stuff like that. Is there looking at your onboarding experience, right? When you bring a company in, is there a shift from the marketing you were doing before to the the marketing you're doing now that they're a customer? Um and identify what those potential gaps are and then fix them. Yeah, that's a great point to carry it through to the onboarding because I think that's, um, you know, a mistake that we see often in, in not just brand strategy, but in a lot of elements of, of marketing and sales and things like that. It's mm -hmm. not over <laughs> just because, you know, you have that that probably digital signature down, right? It's, uh, you know, you got to carry it all the way through. You got to follow through like uh, like you're throwing a baseball, right? Mm -hmm. Um. So I am an example-based thinker. I just always feel like I understand things mm. better when I have something to point through and go, oh, okay, I see where this is working. So for listeners that are like me, <laughs> do you have a, an example of like a well-known brand that has a fantastic brand strategy and, you know, let's talk about why it works and what about it is so excellent. Yeah. So there are a lot out there. The one... That comes to mind right now. I'm going to use MailChimp. Okay. So email marketing, their goal is to make it easy, right? Make it accessible for everyone. Uh, and so one, MailChimp, right? Is the right. monkey in there. If a monkey can do it. Uh, and then and when you send off your first campaign, you get little monkey high-fiving <laughs> because that's like you get these little animations that just make it like fun, friendly. But everything about their... Um, their platform is and and their branding around that right it's just very fresh like it feels different than what you would get from any standard email automation tool and uh, and it really that comes down to who's who's their target audience right they're not necessarily looking for the enterprise level companies right because, and I think I I might be completely making this up uh, but I'll say it anyways because why not it's just the internet it'll live forever right. but <laughs> no the, risk. Um. I had heard a story of MailChimp actually looking to change their name for a different product to get rid of Chimp so that they could appeal to enterprise level markets. Um, and basically what they realized was, hey, this is not going to work out anyways. Uh, and so they just went back down to serving who they serve, which is a lot of solopreneurs. Yeah. <clears throat> um, you know, people running an Etsy shop who just want to have some emails that they can send out as well. And so when they focus on that, they are able to create their brand strategy and their positioning and everything to fit in a certain box because they know exactly who their market is. Um, and that's a, interestingly though, I think even 
people can look at MailChimp and feel like, oh, you know, deliverability is fine. Like it, it does everything it says it's going to do. And so now the name MailChimp actually loses meaning of it having the monkey and it's just synonymous with email marketing. And so an enterprise company could want to use it if they, I mean, they won't because they're much bigger, like right. <laughs> bigger platforms that they can get. Well, but. and I think that that's a, an important <laughs> point too uh, with the brand strategy. And, you know, we've talked about this with a, a lot of different um, episodes in, in some form. <laughs> But uh, not just understanding who you're targeting, but understanding who you're not targeting, right? Uh, you know, MailChimp understanding that they don't yeah. need to go after the enterprises means they don't have to be so buttoned up, means they don't have to, you know, try to be sleek and appeal to, you know, people going through like RFPs to try to select their next, you know, SaaS solution. Um, and instead they are going after people that are just like, okay, I, I just really need to sign an email campaign. I don't know what I'm doing. Wow, this is a simple solution I can use. Um, which right. is totally a part of their their brand identity. And I think it's great. Awesome. So let's get negative. All right. Sign me up. <laughs> right. What, what mistakes? Um, so this is kind of like a pitfalls people could avoid. So mm -hmm. uh, what things do you see people doing that don't work at all regarding it building or implementing or using a brand strategy? And um, if there is a quote unquote kiss of death, um, for a brand strategy mm. that you've seen, what is it? The biggest mistake that I have seen is not talking and receiving feedback from your target customers. So if you if you know who you want to target and who you want to appeal to, and you just don't understand what actually appeals to them, uh, you're gonna fail. And so by just talking to them, you know, asking them what what on this page resonates with you, right? Like doing having people just look at a page and find out where they stopped, where they fell off. If you're, if you have a video, this one's a lot of fun. So you can use tools like in HubSpot, uh, pitch in HubSpot. Hey, <laughs> the, you can see where people fall off in, in video recordings. And so I know like, Oh, when I started talking about this, they lost interest. Right. And so, or, you know, 50% interest and the rest hung on to here and then they dropped off. And so I can start using that data to get an idea of what people actually want to hear. Um, and then, I can tweak that. I can set it up so that you know, we're actually like appealing to the people that we want to uh, want to work with. Yeah, that's great. So it's uh, I like the example or the the statement of needing to pivot because that kind of leads me into so the next mm -hmm. uh, question that I I would like to to ask is how do you measure the success of your brand strategy? So it sounds like one piece is gathering that that customer feedback, which is super valuable. It's kind of more qualitative, um, you know, data for you. Um, but what about quantitative data? What are some metrics that you can keep in mind if uh, you know to see your strategy is working, and how can you pivot if it's not? Yeah, this is loaded. There are tons of different metrics you can look at depending on where you're playing. And so awareness, anything around awareness is going to be big. If you're looking at your website, it could just be your, your sessions. You could be looking at page views, um, it, you know, your impressions on social media, your bits of engagement, your likes and comments and stuff. You could be tracking all those things just to see what's what's actually resonating with people. Um, you can be... One, looking at, this is kind of the same with your offers too, right? If, if a lot of people are converting on specific offers, it's probably because we understand our target market and we're appealing to them by knowing, you know, what needs to be, um, needs to be put out there. At that point though, we're starting to lean a little bit away from the branding specific part. 
but you have to understand too that brand is more than just like what you're saying it's also what you're doing right. and so so those offers that you're putting out need to fit in with your brand too because you're going to approach a problem different than another company and so i think that that fits in there as well um yeah looking at those looking at like your share of voice within the market um the any perceived like differentiation between other brands being able to talk to right you see the like the quad charts from like g2 gardner all those different companies capterra and like we can get ourselves in that top right quadrant we're different uh but you can also find that out by just talking to people and seeing what they think like oh what brand would you look at for x and y and then and see where they're going um customer satisfaction always a big one um yeah just getting shooting out an email and asking those questions doing uh you could literally ask a question hey how do you like our new website put it out there ask the people who've already bought from you ask the people who haven't bought from you yet and so and just get an idea of, of what that looks like and make sure you are segmenting people as you go so that you can get very specific on like well these types of people really like it are they closer to our target audience than these people um, which one do we want to appeal to? We got a thousand on this list. We got 200 on this list. So maybe the thousand is more important, you know, but yeah. yeah. Well, I think that that's, that's important. I know. I think it's important too about the, the customer satisfaction because I do think, um, and you know, feel free to, to correct me if I'm off here. Um, but I think that, uh, the satisfaction of your existing customers can help communicate to you how well you're delivering on the promises they were expecting, um, when they yeah. first started engaging with your brand, you know, if it doesn't align with what you yeah. actually end up delivering, uh, probably their satisfaction is going to be lower. So yes, there's obviously other challenges that you may, uh, be having if <laughs> your customer satisfaction is right. low. Um, but it might be something to look at to see, okay, well, does our strategy align with our brand strategy align with what we're actually delivering? And maybe there's a mismatch. Um, mm -hmm. So the second part of my question, though, is how do you pivot? So if you look and you're like, oh, wow, we are bombing it here. This is awful. Um, do you have to take it back to the drawing <sighs> board? You know, what? what is the – Does I'm sure it depends. Yeah. <laughs> Just uh, burn it down. <laughs> That's it. Find a new job. There you go. You're no, done. Um, <laughs> What I would do, so one, you need to decide how far off you are. I think we've talked on a different podcast episode, the difference between optimizing, iterating, and pivoting. Yes. And if you're pretty close, right, you're like, oh, we just need to do some tweaks, right? Go for the optimization. Just make those small improvements that you think are going to move the needle. Be very deliberate in what you're changing because it could have a negative impact because you're already doing so well, right? Right. That maybe changing, changing a little bit could actually hurt you. So you got to make sure you're choosing the right bit. Now, if you're iterating, you got some more wiggle room because you're you're not performing up to where you want to be. Um, but it's mostly on track. Like you can see that it's moving in the right direction. And so figure out again what what needs to change, what happened. Uh, now, pivot is like, hey, we need like a 50% change here. Like, so we are burning it down. We're starting over. This gets really hard when you talk brand strategy because if you just completely shift, it's like what... So actually, great example here. Uh, Infusionsoft did a complete rebrand. Uh, their new company name is Keep, K-E-A-P. They completely rebranded. Everything wow. changed. And the reason was because Infusionsoft got the nickname Confusionsoft. Oh, no. And, and they, didn't, they wanted to separate from that brand, so they needed to do a complete pivot. And they just said, all right, now we're Keep. And they just shifted, and they started marketing that, and they're still doing well. They're still, like, companies still 
still performing. And so there, you can pivot completely and still have your brand go. But like, if you just saw keep now on a list, you are not right thinking it's it's infusion soft at all which is good that's well, what i was gonna wanted. say i feel like if you're at the point of pivoting so. that may be a, the desired effect right you know yep um but if you do have customers who are happy and you just need to be expanding your market and stuff so you're going to start attracting more more people uh because maybe the customers you do have are just very niched in whatever problem they have uh then then yeah you want to look at like iterating rather than pivoting yeah and so that's great advice so do you have, I'm, I'm curious then if you have any parting advice for someone who is crafting, revising a brand strategy, um, so a last little tidbit. <laughs> mm-hmm. So if you are looking at creating a brand strategy, dedicate deliberate time and get as many voices at the table as you can. There shouldn't be just a one person sitting there coming up with it. Grab people from every department, have them come in share their thoughts. The more uh, individuals, from, especially with different backgrounds, right? Like, I mean, you can talk like ethical backgrounds, all of that, because they'll, they'll still bring different perspectives. But even just within your company, someone from sales is looking at stuff completely different than marketing. Um, bring them all in, have them sharpshoot each other, have them debate, have them talk through what do we think is the best way to do this? Because you're going to get all these these different perspectives. You as the, the leader, right? You're going to decide what direction you're going. Um, but you at least got all that feedback and it's with people who are actually talking to your, your target audience. And that's another, another case, right? Marketing, they can do all the research they want, but they're not every day talking to the people that are going to be buying where a sales is. Um, however, sales doesn't necessarily understand how to address objections like on mass and stuff. So you can pull everybody in, uh, work that, come back to it often just to make sure you're still on track evaluate your competitors, see what they're doing uh, so that you can, you can know if like, Hey, maybe we we're doing the exact same things as them. And we actually don't want that. Um, so we either do it better or we just go do something else that only we can do. That's more unique. Um, I would go with the latter. Um, and then, yeah, I think that's a, uh, just stay committed. Like once you, once you know the core essence of your brand, stay committed to that. Like the colors can change, but like who you are as a company, should generally stay the same. Yeah, I think that brings us all the way back to the purpose that you talked about in the beginning, right? It's like, mm-hmm. you know, the the pieces that people see may change, but the the beating heart of what you're all about um, should stay consistent. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I think that's great. Uh, thank you so much for this chat covering all things brand strategy, Chris. Um, I really think that the tips in this episode are going to help our listeners, um, you know, get started building or refining their own brand strategies. So thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Um, Also, take a moment, if you can, and drop a rating or review on your favorite podcast platform. It really helps us out. Uh, And that's that's all I have for you today. So until next time, this has been Growth Team Radio. Want to grow your business? Trying to find the right path to do it? Well, we've got the answers. Go to stopscaling.com. Yes, you heard right. Go to StopScaling.com where we'll show you the exact way to grow your business this year.